Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Matter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We are back and we are at episode 140 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Last week, we were actually in uh, Israel and we were sitting around the uh, uh, Lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee and it was a beautiful time. But uh, we're yeah, going to be talking. Our scenery has changed quite a bit. Yes, in one it week has. It. it was last week we were on the Sea of Galilee yeah. record and they were in a stuffy room. With a green screen, a table. <laughs> but it did have a, some nice little wildlife it, a minute it ago. It did, it did, and Scott's here. Yeah, <sighs> it's a little different. We, we're back to the grind. Back to the grind. Already miss it. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. So as you listen to the podcast, just take a few minutes, invite someone to by Facebook, Twitter, text, or call them on the phone, or just talk to them at Life Connection Group or whatever, and just have them come join us at... Uh, connecting faith to life. Uh, and what we want to do is continue to help stretch our reach as we just uh, help people understand how we re- relate the word of God to our everyday life. Um, well, pastor, we uh, talked last week uh, about some of the things we had been through there and we did yep. like a panel discussion. That yep. was really cool. We brought we were some only people a few in days in at that point. We were just at the beginning of the trip yeah, when we recorded yeah. and we hadn't gone to Jerusalem yet, so here we are. The trip is over. Mm-hmm. We got back. If you're listening today on release date, <laughs> we got back yesterday afternoon. I'm not quite back yet. You're not quite back yet. <laughs> you guys you, jet lag and all Ooh, that. Kind of. yeah. I slept. Did you sleep on the plane on the way back? Uh, yeah, because I have uh, medicine that I take at no. night, and so it you drug yourself up and you slept all the way back. No, I wish I could say that. I probably slept about four hours, but I was four. thankful for hmm. the four. Very. Well, thankful. I slept about ten hours. I haven't slept that yeah, much. I heard in a long that time. was incredible. I, by the time I got on the plane, I, I fell asleep. Sleep. They brought around that, you know, terrible dinner about uh, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I, I think I took a bite of the roll and that was about it. Went right back to sleep and, and then woke up. It was like, it was like two hours left in the flight. And like, I, how did I do that? Cause I, I mean, I usually, I don't have a problem sleeping anywhere. If I can get still enough and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just fall asleep, but I, that, I guess y'all wore me out on the trip so much. I, I just fell we, asleep. And then last night I went to bed about nine fifteen or so and slept all the way till five o'clock this morning. And I, I feel great, man. Like no jet lag yet. I, I slept it's till I, I had, I was on and off again. Uh, and, but you know, I did sleep some last night, so yeah. we'll see how tonight goes. And if I have a little less energy or whatever it was, yeah. hopefully sleep through the night and get over this jet lag. I don't feel like I have jet lag, but it's not seven o'clock at night yet. That's when I always feel like <laughs> I got to go to sleep. Right, right, right. Well, so, it's, it, it was a great ter- trip, but it's it good was. to be back. Amen. It sure. really is. It really is. So you had a good time, huh? Yeah. I had, uh, the, I would, I, I really think, uh, if my wife had been there with me, yeah. I could have truthfully said it was a time of my life. Yeah, yeah. So we've kind of struggled with the, uh, you know, her coming and maybe next time she'll be able to go. And yeah. I look forward to that. So yeah. uh, we look forward to the opportunity to someday gri- visit together. Yeah. But, uh, but you guys share it with your son, Avi, yeah, which was yeah. meaningful. I mean, very not- meaningful. And it was great. To, what what was beautiful about it is we get back and we discuss things and we yeah. say, how does that parallel with the word yeah. God says? And how can we apply this to sermons and principles and what we're teaching and all those things? Yeah. It was really cool to be able to do that just right on there on the moment, right yeah. there on the moment. And, you know, because typically when you go to their house, you're not going to talk about those things because the right, grandkids right, are everywhere. Right, so right. it was a real special yeah. time. So it was definitely special. an inspirational trip. Oh, yeah. 
but at the same time, a very educational trip. I mean, that's what's so cool about going. It's inspirational, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're there and you, I mean, you have those moments where you're overwhelmed and very worshipful and mm-hmm. things like that. And then it's just the good education, that historical context. I and think learned in place. and geographical. And geographical, right? I mean, I just couldn't believe some of the things that were just right there together. Yeah. And you're going, whoa, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Joppa, for instance, was a shock to me. Yeah. You know, when you think there there was Jonah and there was Peter. You know, yeah, right. Both, both have the same place. Yeah. Not the same time, but same place. Yeah, but, it, <laughs> right? but what I'm saying is that the, yeah. it's just Make, the tightness those, of it. Yeah, you had no idea. To get, connecting yeah. the dots and putting things together. It's just really mm-hmm. neat. So you would recommend somebody to go for sure, right? Oh, brother. It, it, worth I would penny. say if you can go, if there's any way for you to go, you need to find a way. Yeah. Literally uh, is one of those. It is. It's a moment that you will never, ever. There's no way you can forget it. Yeah. What I what I've been experienced, what I've experienced, what I've seen, what I've been educated with, what I've been able to touch and feel and hold and all those things. I kind of feel like Luke now. You know, he yeah, said yeah. Those, those things, that, you know, when he went in Luke chapter mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And you kind of uh, affirming all this historical yeah. things that you have, have influenced and touched and changed your life. Right, right, right. And now they're real. Well, we did. um which I had not done before. We did a couple of things this time that I had not done. Um, but we did on that last day, we went to the the museum there in Israel, mm. which we do that every year. Every time we go, right. every year, every time we go, we don't go every year, every other year. When we go to that uh, is museum, museum in Israel, which is which is one of the largest museums in the world. It's a massively huge museum. It is museum. massive. And we go and we went to the the model of the temple that was or of Jerusalem, which was really cool. And that's usually where we spend the time. We spend the time at that uh, that model. And then we also go to the Shrine of the Book Museum where we see uh, the the Dead Sea Scrolls. We see mm-hmm. fragments, the, mm-hmm. the real thing, right? And it's just really, really cool. But then there's a whole other building that you go into. Uh, that, and then Stacy, and I don't know if you had a chance to go in there or not, but Stacy and I went in there and we spent about an hour or so. And we, we only saw maybe a quarter of the building. Uh, but we, we walked that section where it traces uh, the history of the land of Israel from... Um, Pre-Canaanite times, all, all right. the way up until the time of King Herod. Wow. Uh, and it was phenomenal because I got to see like some artifacts that I had never laid my eyes on, right? So I got to see some artifacts of bell worship, like the <gasps> real deal stuff. That was wild to see some of those those ancient artifacts and some of these, you know, you read about the household idols mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like that. And, and I saw some of those things. I mean, it was, that was nuts to me. I'd never been in there and I really appreciated the hour we had to actually spend inside that museum to see some of those ancient artifacts um, that they have uncovered. Uh, we, we were in Caesarea Maritima and we saw the, the pilot stone. Yeah, right. But that pilot stone we saw in ancient in Caesarea Maritima was just a replica because they took the real one to the museum. I got for the first, I've heard about that thing for yeah. years, right? And I've seen the replica for years, but I got to lay my eyes on the actual one. That was really cool. And, um, but, but what people, we had no record of pilot until they found the stone right, we, in historical right, records. Right. And they found the stone in Caesarea Maritima that yeah. had Pontius Pilate's name on. It's like, okay, he really was a real person. Just again, it added validity to the yeah. Google account. And so they have that real stone in, right in the museum and I got to see that. And then they had the, 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 um, sarcophagus, the, the, the tomb of King Herod was in that museum, the actual place where they laid his I did body not get to see that. Dude, mm. that was wild. Just actually see those real artifacts from history. Like, mm. uh, that, that was just really, really cool. So I could, I wish we'd have had time to spend, but by the time it was like, like that was the, the day we left. So you're trying yeah. to take in all this new stuff after, um, you know, 10 days of, 
information overload. Oh man, my brain was hurt. We're already drinking from a waterfall. Uh, I mean, a uh, uh, fire hose. That's right. That's right. So yeah, but it was really cool. It was a great trip. I'm glad we got to go. Glad we got to see some things I had not seen before. And and we had a great group of people that went. We took a small group, 18 people, which mm-hmm. is the smallest group I've ever taken. But because of COVID and things like that, it's just kind of way it worked out this time. But it was really fun. And and in all seriousness, everybody had great attitudes. The whole yeah. you know, you told us to come with great attitude. No reason to complain because it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was I was the only whiner in the group, I guess, but uh, <laughs> but you didn't whine too much, Trey. Yeah, You're all right. I, I had a little bit of back issues and you did. No, that sort of okay. thing. Yeah. But I'm just saying that everybody was so helpful yeah, to me. Was, yeah, yeah. Demonstrated Christ over and over again, and y'all's patience was incredible. And I'm very yeah, very thankful. You, you did a great job walking around. You did a lot of walking. I did. That's the most I've ever walked in that year, in that short a period of time. Yeah, a lot of walking. Took 14 COVID tests. Yeah, that was not fun. Everybody <laughs> had to go through that. But again, there was no reason to complain. No, we just wanted we, to get through it and we get were, the negative and yeah, go on. And we were all negative all the time. So yeah, it was it was some inconveniences because of the COVID world we live in. But mm-hmm. for the most part, an absolutely outstanding trip. And so before we left, right, I told you my top favorite sites in Israel. And I said, when we return, I wanted to get your impressions on what yeah. your top five was. Your top five most special favorite sites that you saw in Israel while we're there. So you've, you've got five that you've, uh, mm-hmm. you've listed for us. I'm going to read them off and you're going to kind of tell us the why sure. they're so significant for wait. you. So here we go. Top five. Well, first there's an honorable mention. Didn't yeah, make your yeah. list. Yeah. I, I, the honorable mention is the primacy of Peter. And okay. I was kind of shocked by that. Cause I didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea, but it's the place where Jesus said to Peter, do you love me more than these? Yeah. So where he was restored, yeah, you know, he was restored in his repentance. And for some reason, it just got a hold of me. Yeah. I mean, it just was very moving. And I actually went down and prayed at the rock, you know, and uh, just, for, you know, I want to repent all over again. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, just this idea that God is always there. He's always God full of grace. He's always looking to restore yeah. if we'll come to him. And it was very, uh, a very touching moment. And it was, I guess, a surprise moment. That's why I called yeah. the honorable mention because I wasn't even ready for it to do it. I was just going to go in there and look around and walk out. Yeah. And it just didn't happen that way. So that was the first thing. So that was good. Yeah, that's that again. That's that story. That's a powerful story in the scripture mm-hmm. where, where Peter's restored to ministry after he had denied Christ three times. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's fishing, and Jesus comes to the disciples, and those questions: Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Right? And feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Right. And to be in that place where it actually happened, and just again to think about the overwhelming grace of Christ and how He restores. It, was, it is powerful. It's a powerful place. Powerful, powerful scripture. And powerful Jesus, right? Who, who restores all things. But here we go. Number five. Number five. You ready? I'm ready. The southern steps of the temple in Jerusalem. Southern steps, not yeah. the northern one, not I the did. western ones, not the eastern ones, the yeah. southern ones. I didn't even know yeah. that there was such a thing. I mean, I knew <laughs> there were steps at the temple. I had no idea they identified them and what they were, the purpose was. And I guess the, of course, the overwhelming thing was when he said all this took place there on the southern yeah. steps, Gamaliel yeah. would have taught Paul there. Yeah. Um, Jesus would have spoken there uh, when he was many times at the temple. That was where they went up the steps and they would talk to the crowd yeah. was there. And then uh of course, uh, one of the most overwhelming things, that's from all things that we can think of, this is where Peter would have preached uh, the sermon in Pentecost yeah. and preached to the thousands that were out there in the courtyard outside of the temple from those steps. So yeah. really, that was the birthplace of the church yeah, in yeah, that way. Yeah. And um, So one of the main entrances of the temple, if yeah. you went to the temple, this is probably where the most traffic was in mm-hmm. the southern steps. And what makes these steps so significant are things that, that you said, but just the reality that we know, mm-hmm. we know that Jesus would have walked up and down these steps. Exactly. 
we walked where Jesus walked. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time that I recognized this was, we were really walking where Jesus, not yeah. that we didn't later on, but there were some other things we did, but the, but the Southern steps were so meaningful to me because he even talked about, they have little cisterns there that they would wash in. Yeah. Mikvah is what they call them. Yes. You know, the names say that again. Mikvah. Mikvah. Okay. They had mikvah, a mikvah here and a mikvah there. And then what they would do everywhere <laughs> is a mikvah. And what they did was, is they probably seconded those to use for baptism. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, come and be baptized. They probably came right there and were baptized right there. Right. Right those, by the Southern steps. Those pools that were used for yeah. ritual cleansing. Mm-hmm. They probably on the day of Pentecost baptized new believers right there. You just think around those Southern steps and just so much of our Bible history or just the birth of the church, mm-hmm. Christ walking those steps, you know, the teaching of Paul, taught on those steps by Gamaliel, just, just significant place. So that, that, again, that caught me unaware. I didn't know where we're going. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and all of a sudden he says, this is where it was. And uh, one of the things that for whatever reasons overwhelmed a lot of people, they were like me, they didn't understand the whole whitewashed sepulcher thing. And when you stand at the Southern steps and you look to your left, there's a Kidron Valley, Kidron Valley there. And there is the place where they have put all their sepulchers. Yeah, all the tombs, yeah, whitewashed the tomb, tombs, yeah, the whitewashed white. tombs. Yeah, and that's where Jesus would have said, "You're you are like uh, these whitewashed sepulchers. You know, outside you're clean and nice, but on the inside you're full of dead man's yeah, bones." Yeah. Which we found out the sarcophagus means flesh eater, yeah. and so they would literally wait till the bones got. I mean, he was defining exactly what was happening mm. in those sar- sarcophagi, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting to to know that. G- and when you stood there and you looked, you could see exactly. Oh, it's right there. You know, uh, what was it? 500 yards away, four or yeah, 500 yards yeah, away. Wasn't that far. far easily seen anyway. Um, my wife is interesting. This is kind of a side, but I was, I did get this picture and she says, I just have one question. Uh, and she, <laughs> God bless her. I love you, honey. She thought that the buses were the sarcophagus. <laughs> well, the distance, I guess yeah, yeah, the distance yeah. it was white and it was long. Yeah. And, and she says, so I said, on, I found out on Facebook, when I posted those pictures, when you blew it up, you couldn't tell it was real mm. fuzzy. Yeah. And cause you know, Facebook compresses, but yeah. when I got my, you know, my camera and opened it up, she, Oh, that's a bus. I can see it now. But she, I said, these, the, and then I went, to, we went to the other side and I took pictures of the mm-hmm. sarcophagus so that you could see the stones that had been placed yeah, on them. Yeah. I said, that's what they look like. So she put it all together. But anyway, that's uh, that was a big deal for me. This yeah, uh, for some place. whatever reason. Cool. 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 Okay. So number five, the Southern steps, number four, Caesarea Maritima. Yeah. I, uh, that was my worst day as far as walking. I was in a lot of pain because of my back. That day, yeah, you know? that was that was a bad day. But in the midst, and there's of a that, lot of walking at that place uh, yeah, too. It's a it's, big old place. It's, it's huge. And uh, this is the home. And make sure I'm right here. Festus. That was Festus' mm-hmm. home. Yeah. So Festus and Felix, where yeah. Paul was held in prison, he went before Festus and Felix later on. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. And that's where Paul made his defense. And he said, I wish you were like me, except for these chains. Yeah, yeah. And uh, told that to those stand, those in that place. And we were actually at the place where Paul more than likely stood making his defense. Yeah. And they had a little sign there and I stood there and took a picture. Uh, but again, talking about the apostle Paul and being able to say, I understand where he was, what he was doing, what he was going through. We saw the prison that he would have been left in, yeah. which was like a, a giant, uh, long c- cylinder, I guess, yeah. or whatever underground underground, and you and he tapped it so you could hear the echo through that thing and that's where he would have stayed and then he would have come up when they wanted him to say say his piece or whatever they did but again it was just very very um you just see what paul went through and how he struggled and yet when you go back to philippians and i know this is one that wasn't the time he wrote philippians but still the idea of having joy where he was in the midst of all yeah, that. Yeah. And, and his purpose and plan was that the gospel might go out yeah. and for, uh, you know, for them to hear the gospel, these yeah. leaders, 
that you would think there was no hope of anyone sharing the gospel with him, but he was, he was dead set on doing it, yeah, whatever yeah, it took. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of, not kind of, that had an influence on me to recognize that now is our time. In other words, we're not waiting for our time to share the good news of Christ with people. Yeah. Well, I just want to wait for a better opportunity. This is the opportunity. God mm-hmm. has given us mm-hmm. right now where he has placed us. He has a purpose and a plan in the most difficult times, the most difficult struggles. And that's what Paul saw. And we need to be open to that. Yeah, I absolutely. need to be open to that. Absolutely. You know, say, well, I'll, I'll worry about it later. No, now is the time. And anyway, that's that's what Paul did. So uh, that part of Caesarea Maritima was, it was powerful. But that was basically where, I mean, they had every, it was a Roman city right there on the, on the coast. On the coast in Palestine. Mediterranean Sea. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Everything from the Hippodrome, you know, where they race the horses. Yeah. And all those things the were right there. The theater right there that we sat in. Mm-hmm. And, and just to think, right, that the gospel did go out from there. Yeah. I mean, Paul would be sent to Rome from Caesarea Maritima. You, I mean, as people, you know, left that area to go into the other most parts of the world, they would have left through Caesarea Maritima. And so just to think that that is just a tr- strategic place. Yeah, very strategic. For the advancement of the gospel. And you'll see that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when you're over there, you see the strategy. When, we didn't even talk about it, but where Jesus decided to stay, to stay and we read about Capernaum was a very strategic place too. Yeah, yeah. And because of the road that came through there. The VMRs. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the travelers the, the, that came through there on doing trade and business, prime opportunity for Christ to, to be teaching about the kingdom mm-hmm, in that place mm-hmm. where they would hear about the kingdom and then they go back to their, their hometowns and talk about this, this guy in Cap- Capernaum that's, that's teaching about the things of God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very strategic, right? That Jesus knew what he was doing when we went to these places. And again, I learned, you know, it's okay to be strategic. We don't just say, well, that's just the Spirit's work. We can also, and it's not a matter of helping the Spirit, it's just a matter of being in the right place so that we can make the most impact. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I felt like Paul was doing, Jesus was doing, and others, uh, even the apostles, when they did these things, it was it was very strategic in what they did. They weren't just doing harem scarum stuff. That's right. That's know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Neat place. It was. And again, I had no idea. I didn't even know. I'd never even heard of the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, Some so, of these yeah, things, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I just never yeah. even heard of it. Well, yeah, you had. You, you, and like we talked about while we were there, you, you read over these names you read over in them, scripture yeah. all the time, but you don't think about them because they're just names on a page. Mm-hmm. And then you go to these places and say, oh, they are real places. <laughs> this is reality. Yeah, they weren't just uh, put in the Bible just because yeah, they yeah, think yeah. anything else to do. That's so. right. That's right. It's real places. So number three. Number three is the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. Yeah, I... I was a little scared of this, uh, going there. I didn't know what to expect. And you had told us about the weirdness of these churches. You know, when you go into these places, it just has a weird feeling about it. And I think again, uh, we went to another one that, uh, with the church, the Holy Sepulchre, and I didn't get to see the things that, because they had a big event going on. So I wasn't as affected there as I was at Nativity. And you said typically, though, at the Church of Nativity, it's kind of that way, too. It's crowded, yeah. usually. There was nobody but there on that day. we had no one there. Mm, just us. That was so, wild. That was, that was kind of, that was very weird for me. That was incredible. And yeah, I'm, holding in my picture, I'm holding in my hand a picture of, uh, of, of where the Jesus would have been born, which yeah. is star, the Nativity star. And it's a little hole that I actually put my hand down into and put my hand on. But the thing that got me about this, um, and this is, and then also they had an, a replaced uh, the place where the manger would have been because mm-hmm. it was ripped out and brought to Europe somewhere. I think right. they said, um, so, but this, this, this was very moving to me because to get to this and to be able to touch it, you have to fall on your knees. You have to go to your knees mm-hmm. to get That's to right. it. You That's can't right. stand up and touch it. And so, you know, again, it's kind of this, this thing of coming to Christ falling on your knees in yeah. humility yeah. and recognizing who he is. And, uh, it just got to me. It got mm-hmm. to me. And then when we walked over to the, to the, where the manger would have been, and it was a manger. It just, it, it was a replaced manger. 
uh, just to know that that was a spot that Jesus was laid in that cave. And it was a cave. It wasn't a building. It was a cave um, that uh, Jesus was there. And this is where this is where God became man fully, totally, completely remaining God, you know, and here he was. This is where he entered human history. How many times have I said, and Jesus came and entered human history, and this is where it happened. Mm, mm. And I was there, you know. And as a kid, Christmas was always my favorite holiday, as it is for most kids. And, uh, you know, and when I tied it all together as a believer, it was very powerful. And then now I've actually tied it into, like I think I said this in one of my videos that you recorded me, that we've actually incorporated into our reality, which is a different thing altogether. Um, you know, we believe by faith this has all happened, but now in, in ways, I don't want to say it because I know we're talking about heaven here, but my faith has become sight in certain ways because yeah. I've seen it now. You've seen, you've These seen things that we have touched and yeah, held. Yeah. And all you, were, you, were, you were in Bethlehem. I mean, yeah. And whether that spot is the precise down to the center yeah. spot where it happened or not, you, you were in what was likely, mm-hmm. you know, that, that at least that cave system and, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that where the, the, you know, for for centuries, believers have said this is the spot where where Christ was born. Um, you were there. You were in Bethlehem. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about, you know, uh, we've grown up talking about Bethlehem, singing about Bethlehem, all the carols about Bethlehem, and to be there is just a really powerful thing to know mm-hmm. that this is where God stepped into human history. It's just unique. It's unique. It's unique to be. Again, we've said a million times, you don't have to go to Israel to be a better no. Christian or anything like that. I mean, it just, it just, it's just something unique about it and something powerful about being in that place, knowing that you are in the place where God stepped into human history. Again, I just didn't know it would affect me yeah, that way. Yeah. I just kind of thought it would be, this is what I thought before I went. I'd go, I'd see some cool things and say, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I knew I'd get educated. I, yeah. I just didn't know that this, and it's good to have your heart open too. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I, I had a, a good brother that I love. He just says, you know, enjoy yourself. It's just going to be a lot of education information. But it was so much more for me. Yeah. I just uh, there was some there was some spiritual impact that took place, yeah. and I don't I can't describe why. Yeah. I just know it did. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, uh, for sure. There was there were moments that I had. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Number two. So Bethlehem was a pretty powerful place, but also for you a powerful place was the Western Wall. Yeah, you might know this as the Wailing Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like to call it that for obvious reasons, but uh, but it's the Western Wall, and this is literally right next to. Uh, the Dome of the Rock, yeah. and this is as close as they would ever let the Jews get, and it was a wall. Yeah. It's, it's a huge wall made of huge stones. Because the Dome of the Rock is on top of Temple Mount, which yeah. is now under Muslim control. Mm-hmm. And in the, the you know, well, back in Bible history, obviously, mm-hmm. this is where the temple once stood. That was the wall of the temple. Yeah, was well, the wall. Well, right? before you got to the, you yeah. couldn't even get to the temple. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to go into the gates, obviously. Um, but... Uh, everybody said, well, let's go down. And, you know, you said men go over here, ladies go over here, and men should be sure you wear your hats. And we said yarmulkes, right? Yarmulkes, that's correct. We had to wear yarmulkes down there. And, and uh, you know, I again, I was just doing it for the experience of it. And you said, you know, if you want to go down and pray, you can do that. And and I did, mm-hmm. but that's not what affected me. I was I finished praying, and all of a sudden I recognized that this wall is only here physically. Yeah. Because... The wall has been torn down. Yeah. And we're actually studying that in Ephesians right now. Yeah. yeah. This dividing wall, and this is between us and the Holy of Holies or the place where the Holy of Holies would have been, but the dividing wall is gone. Yeah. And I just said, you know, the, the beauty of it is, is that there is nothing between you and me as believers in Jesus and the Holy of Holies. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Jesus made the way. Jesus yeah. removed the wall. Jesus removed everything so that we have direct access to the Father. Mm. Direct access. And although it was very, you know, profound to be there, that what moved me is that Jesus 
un, that I now understood in a re, real tangible way this idea of removing these walls. Because when Jesus, when when Paul wrote these things, he understood about these walls. He understood yeah, the walls yeah. that have been put up to keep Gentiles out. Mm. And guess who's a Gentile? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would have never ever had access ever. Even mm. if the temple would have been there, I wouldn't have access. That's right. So you know all that working together, and then knowing in Ephesians studying about removing that wall. It just really touched me to know that that's what that's what God made for me. God mm. made a way mm. for every believer, including me, to have direct access to Him, and I don't have to go to the Wailing Wall or and wail yeah. because I don't have access because I do. Yeah, that's right. And everyone who comes to know Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives ha- has that direct access. Mm. No wall, no that's wall right. to stop. That's us. right. That's good. That's good. Good stuff. Last one. All right, so your your number one place in Israel, the the uh, the place that that was most profound for you, most powerful experience was the Garden of Gethsemane. That's a powerful place. Yeah, it is, and to know that you're there in the again relatively close location, yeah. we don't know exactly where Jesus was, um, but uh, know that uh, we were there. And I actually got on my knees. It was raining raining that day. It was very uncomfortable, very cold, windy. And that almost added to the um, spirituality of it. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it because I knew what Jesus had gone through. And so I said, well, I want to kneel, but it's raining. So yeah. I'm not going to get down on my knees. Before I knew it, I was on my knees. Literally, mm-hmm. I was at the, I was at the, I was, it was a bench there. And I just put my elbows on the bench. Again, my, my, my jacket got wet. My, my plant pants got wet. My shoes got wet. Everything got wet. But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was really okay. Yeah. I wasn't complaining. Um, and then I, I uh, decided to read the high priestly prayer. Now, I know the high priestly prayer came before the Garden of Gethsemane. But the whole thing is that I just wanted to read it out loud. I, that's not my prayer. That was Jesus' prayer for us. Yeah, yeah. And I just read it out loud. And as I got towards the end of that, these words just drove into my brain. And I heard these words as clear as I can say. It's just scripture. It just says, could you not pray with me one hour? Mm, mm. And I just thought, we always condemn the disciples. Why yeah. couldn't they pray with you? He's going through all that. And we could. I said, how often do I pray one hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hitting me right now again. Mm, mm, mm. And I just said, God, forgive me. Yeah. All mm. that you've done, you've moved the wall. You've, you've made access through your death on the cross. You have, you know, you came as that babe in a manger and then I, you know, I can't even spend an hour in prayer because I'm just too busy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know there's going to be times I don't spend that hour in prayer. But m- one of the things I have made a decision to do is to, to spend uh, an hour in prayer. And I haven't done it today. <laughs> yeah. just haven't. I'm just trying to get my feet back under me. But, you know, I want to begin to spend that kind of time in prayer with Jesus. Yeah. Every day we can do that. And I don't want to do it legalistically. I just want to do it. As a, de- a continuing to develop a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and not trying to get through my prayer list, mm-hmm. but to develop that ongoing, loving, abiding relationship with Jesus. And I guess that's why the garden got me the most. Yes, Jesus was there, and yes, he he did pray there, but there was this impact of, could you not pray with me one hour? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just said, Lord God, forgive me, forgive yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So um, that was number one, and yeah. for that reason, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, so it wasn't what I thought at all because, you know, you can go back and listen to my list, but the whole list was totally different last yeah, week. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, two weeks ago. And I'm just, uh, it just interesting how the Lord has things available for you 
and you just got to be open to what mm. he's doing. So yeah. that, that's where it is. That's where I stand. And I think for now, that's where I am. Maybe two weeks from now, it'll change up a little bit. But yeah. anyway, that's where I am after getting back from Israel. Yeah. What's interesting about going on a trip like this and then coming home is there's just a lot to process it in there. Mm. I mean, you think about all wow. the stuff you saw over 10, 11 days and just kind of thinking back through it and, and what impact you, what you learned and you just how, how the Lord spoke to you while you were there. I mean, it's, it's really neat. Again, just uh, what's so amazing about going to the land of Israel is that you are able to, to see the place where Bible history mm. took place. And, yes. And that's just really cool to, to see these places and to think about it and having that perspective on, on the word of God as a result of it. But and then just the different ways that God ministers to you. You know, it, it really is, um, in a lot of ways, a spiritual retreat. You know, you're going to this place. And, yeah, it is. And, and you you're said sensitive. that. You said that. And I said, eh, but I was wrong. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, it, yeah. is a spirit, it is a spiritual thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad you got to have that experience. And I'm glad that you got to learn and grow some. And and I wasn't the only one. There are a lot no. of people profoundly affected absolutely. in our group. So, absolutely. you know, I'm I kind of a spokesman for some of the things. Yeah, but. absolutely. And I, you know, I've gone uh, quite a few times now and I still learn every time I go and man, it's just, it's just, it's just a, a neat place to be. And man, yeah. So our, our goal is to go back in 2024. Yeah. That'd be, that, yes. So if you're listening and want to join us, please do keep listening out and please do over the next year, we'll start giving you details of how you can join us in Israel in 2024. It, it is I mean, I, I mean, I mean it. It is the trip of a lifetime. It is. It? it really is. I mean, I've never been to Hawaii. I'm sure Hawaii is great. I just don't think it probably compares to going to the land of the Bible. You know mm. what I'm saying? Well, I've been to Disney World. I've been to <laughs> Universal Studios, folks. No comparison. No comparison, huh? Nope. Yeah. Well, I'm glad this uh, you got to go, Trey, and hopefully by you know some of your experiences, you've encouraged someone today. And I just, hope so. Just the reality of who Christ is and what Amen. He's done for us, and and how he desires for us to live with him. And so if today has been helpful for you, I hope that you will leave us a five-star review. That helps us get the word out about our podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Keep getting the word out about the podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. Mm-hmm.